This is Retirement Talk with Mike Graber from Compass Retirement Advisors. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Mike Graber provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. Hello and welcome back to Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. This is Mike Graber from Compass Retirement Advisors. If you'd like to know more about anything that we discuss on the show today, please feel free to give us a call at 812-787-0809 or you can visit us on our website at compassretirementadvisorsllc.com. You know, at any time, please don't hesitate to reach out to us if you have questions or if you'd like to set up a face-to-face meeting or perhaps, uh, you know, an online meeting, we are happy to do that. You know, chances are many of us have heard some financial myths over especially this last year. And while many of those myths are easily dismissed as unrealistic as soon as we hear them, others might leave us asking, you know, could there be an element of truth in that? And in today's episode, we're going to discuss some of the more common financial myths that we've heard. But before we do that, let me uh, introduce our co-host today, Tony Shore. Tony, welcome, and how are things with you today? Well, things are great, Mike. Thanks for having me on the show, first of all. And yeah, you know what? I've had a great uh, few weeks. I took about a week and a half off. I haven't done that in a long time. Uh, of course, it's weird when I've been working from home, taking time off <laughs> kind of feels the same, but, uh, you know, uh, got to just spend more time with the family and really enjoyed it, though. Uh, things are going pretty good. You know, I mean, obviously, the problems of 2020 have carried over into the new year, but uh, things are going to be, I think we're going to make this a better year. Uh, that's the goal. Anyway, how about you? How have you been doing? Well, Things are, are good overall. Um, unfortunately, here in southwestern Indiana, uh, we seem to be moving from orange designations to red designations and back to orange and back to red and, and think we've got a little ways to go before this COVID um, pandemic you know, finds its way out of, out of our communities. But there's still a lot of you know, important work that has to be done and we're doing our best to, to do that with our clients. Uh, most of the work is being done by phone and mail and, and Zoom meetings, but uh, we've been able to, um, you know, continue to, you know, meet the needs of our clients throughout uh, this pandemic. Yeah, yeah, I think that's important. And you know what? Uh, I'm excited about the topic you picked for today. I'm excited to to get into some financial myth busting, and I'm sure we've all had friends and coworkers or a neighbor tell us a quote unquote fact about a financial issue that if you peel it back, you could expose it as a myth. And so I think there's a lot of that out there and I'm glad we're going to clarify some of that today. Well, you're right, Tony, there are plenty of financial myths floating around and let's start with some that pertain to, you know, social security. Some of these have have gained some steam, you know, during the the pandemic. So I think it's appropriate that we take uh, a little time today and address these. Uh, We're going to refer to some information from uh, a financial publication. Many might be familiar with The Motley Fool. 
And they addressed some of these myths in a recent article titled Three Social Security Myths You Shouldn't Believe During COVID-19. And in the, the first section of the article, what they talked about really, if you just believe it, you know, could be scary. And the myth is this, that the pandemic will completely wipe out Social Security. As the article noted, you know, this myth seems, you know, it could be believable um, because payroll taxes are one of Social Security's primary funding sources. And with the extremely high levels of unemployment that were reached, you know, last year, um, payroll taxes weren't being paid by, you know, millions and millions of Americans. Well, this year, uh, the government will take 12.4% of our tax on our first $142,800 of earnings. And, you know, a, a salaried or an hourly worker is going to pay half of that 12.4, and their employer pays the other half. A self-employed worker um, is going to pay, you know, both halves, so they're going to be paying the 12.4 all by themselves. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, that's it. that's interesting, and I know we're talking about myths here, but I have to say, Mike, that given the current economy and the employment rate that's out there, I have to think Social Security is looking at uh, serious revenue dips, though, right? Oh, yeah. That, that notion is, isn't completely incorrect, you know, after all, because so many Americans uh, remain out of work. You know, they aren't contributing, you know, payroll taxes, you know, on the wages. So it's clear that Social Security is losing revenue now. And I think it would be reasonable to assume that for, you know, many months going forward, um, you know, the payroll tax collections for Social Security are going to be down. But the reality is, while a revenue dip like we've been experiencing is a setback for Social Security, there's no evidence to support the idea that, this revenue dip alone will doom the program forever. You know, in fact, if, if we're just realistic, once the economy recovers and unemployment uh, reduces uh, back to uh, hopefully pre-pandemic levels, you know, Social Security's revenue stream will begin to stabilize. But Tony, there are other headwinds, you know, facing Social Security and also Medicare um, that we're going to deal with, you know, in an upcoming uh, show uh, perhaps middle to the end of uh, February, we'll dedicate one entire show to talking about these financial headwinds that uh, uh, are upon us. Right, and I think that's really important. And now, what if the current high levels of unemployment that we've been seeing uh, continue into this new year? Well, even if that scenario plays out over the, you know several months of 2021 the lack of the payroll tax alone won't come close to wiping out Social Security as noted in the Motley Fool article. Well, you know what, Mike, that's a relief, and I, I'm going to be ready to shoot that myth down if I see somebody talking about it on social media. That's where you hear a lot of these myths. Uh, what do you have next for us? What's the next myth you'd like to talk about? Well, another myth that sounds kind of correct but it isn't, is that right now you can't apply for Social Security, you know, during the pandemic. While it's true that Social Security, you know, began closing field offices back in March, 
you know, that move was made solely to protect and promote, you know, social distancing, um, um, protect people from potentially or vulnerable, you know, to COVID uh, from being in situations in, in close quarters. So that's the reason that, that the field offices were, were closed. Interesting. Yeah. And I had actually heard that one and, uh, and that's a relief to under, to hear that as well. So it, basically what you're saying is a closed field office doesn't also mean that people can't file for social security. Yeah, absolutely not. You know, you can easily create a social security account online and register for benefits whenever, you know, the person's ready, as long as you're 62 or older. And it's a pretty simple process to create an online account. You start at ssa.gov, and you'll be asked to verify, you know, your identity with some personal information. You'll also be asked, you know, some security questions that only you would know the answer to. And from there, you create a username and password, and then um, confirm your email and phone number. Um, and then they're going to send you a code, and, and you can use that to ensure that your information you know, is safe. So it's a pretty uh, simple process to uh, enroll online. Yeah, well, and I think that's great. And given that so much of our lives are already online, especially our finances, it makes sense that Social Security can be managed right from our kitchen tables on our laptops or uh, phones. I think that's good. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and Tony, another potentially harmful Social Security myth that's buzzing around suggests that social security recipients who lost their job during the pandemic can't file for unemployment benefits. Well, this may not apply to a huge part of our population, but the fact is some people do work and receive social security at the same time. So it might be natural to assume if they lose their job, they could be out of luck when it comes to unemployment, but that's just not true. You know, previously some states would reduce an unemployment payment if the person was also on Social Security, but that practice was eliminated. And it's also true that if you're collecting both Social Security and a paycheck before you reach your full retirement age, you may have some benefits withheld uh, if your work income is greater than what's known as the earnings uh, test limit. However, unemployment benefits don't count as wages, so they shouldn't affect your Social Security. Well, and I think that's a great point. Uh, obviously, a lot of myths center around Social Security, and we've covered some of those today. I know you have a lot more, but let's take a, a moment here to let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you. I know you're offering a complimentary, no-cost, no-obligation consultation, correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, we believe it's important to inform and, and educate. And one of the ways that we do that is by offering a complimentary uh, consultation. Um, and again, if uh, people want to get in touch with us, they can check our website at Compass Retirement Advisors, LLC. They can uh, call my office number, which is 812-787-0809, or drop uh, an email to me at mgraber at compassra.com. All right. Well, I think that sounds great. And we're having a great episode of Retirement Talk. We've been talking about uh, some myth busting today, uh, some of, discussing some of the common financial myths that a lot of us hear 
as we seek to build a strong financial strategy, the strongest strategy as possible. So I want to keep it rolling. Uh, You know, what's the next myth you have for us? Well, let's let's talk about Medicare. You know, Social Security and Medicare are often you know related uh, conversations. So let's let's address the Medicare side uh, of that. Um, there are four Medicare myths that we really shouldn't believe. And again, we're going to refer to um, a MotleyFool.com um, article. You know, these myths do cause misunderstanding. Uh, some can be good, some can be bad, but the first common Medicare myth is that Medicare coverages are free. Well, first, it's critical to remember that Medicare consists of various parts, and we'll focus on just three for now. You know, Part A covers hospital care. Part B covers doctor visits and diagnostics. And Part D is the prescription drug program. While Part A does not have a premium, Parts B and D do charge the participant a premium. And without the right strategy, those premiums can certainly eat into your retirement budget. And while maybe we've not heard the term, you know, a a Medicare premium strategy before, but uh, it's very important that our financial planning uh, decisions uh, are made with an understanding of what certain decisions can do as far as changing the cost of the um, participants, you know, Medicare Part B premium. Sure. Uh, Tell us more uh, about the premiums that you're talking about. Be happy to. Uh, Medicare Part B, the standard premium for 2021 is $148.50. Now, that can be higher depending on the participant's income. You know, there's no standard premium for for Part D, the the drug card, because your costs are determined by the various plans that you choose. But just like Part B, higher income seniors, you know, can pay uh, additional charges on top of, of the standard premium. And additionally, Medicare also has a variety of co-pays and deductibles that you're responsible for. You know, the full extent of which will depend on the kind of care that you end up you know, needing. Ultimately, the key takeaway here is that Medicare is definitely not free and it can really carry you know, substantial costs. Therefore, um, straightforward, frankly, the financial strategy has to be clear and, and, and there has to be an understanding of the Medicare formula. Let me give you, Tony, one example um, of a client um, who kind of after this situation became our client, but they were approaching retirement and they had some real property in Florida. They're a resident here of southwestern Indiana, but they had some property in Florida. Well, they didn't have a plan in place on how to dispose of that property and in what time. Well, they went ahead and retired, went on uh, and chose Medicare. And after that, they sold the property. Well, that gain was taxable. That gain cost them an additional $400 a month in Medicare Part B premiums. Now, if there would have been a plan in place, hopefully the financial advisor should have 
had that on the radar. You know, when are we going to dispose of properties that trigger tax events that can cause us to pay more on our, our Medicare premium? That's why we want to encourage everyone to, at a minimum, five to seven years before you think that you're going to retire, start getting the retirement uh, plan you know, firmly in place and make decisions in tune with that time frame. Yeah, and I think that's a really great breakdown. What's another common myth out there when it comes to Medicare? Well, that myth sometimes is that all of our health care needs are covered. And though Medicare does cover a variety of the medical services that seniors are going to need, there are a number of health care items that you know it just doesn't pay for. And that list can include, you know, dental care, hearing aids, vision services. But if a person wants those items covered, um, there can be separate insurance for that, or maybe they look at the Medicare Advantage plan, which is an alternative to Medicare. But I want to stress, please be sure that you understand the differences between a Medicare Advantage plan and the traditional Medicare. Well, that's a big one. And that's one I kind of used to be that way. And I think a lot of people I know think, oh, you know, when I turn 65, I don't have to worry about health care costs anymore, <laughs> which is very far from the truth. That's a pretty common myth. Um, and another one, uh, does Medicare address long-term care needs? Does it cover those costs? No, it doesn't. You know, long-term care, like assisted living facilities or nursing homes are not covered. You know, in most cases, um, the the senior will have to address those needs, you know, out of their, their own pocket. Um, that's why traditionally people have purchased, you know, long-term care insurance. And a lot of people will do that in their 50s or in their 60s. But there's kind of a transition taking place, you know, in that marketplace now. There are newer financial products that do provide coverages for um, confinements or at-home care. Uh, and there are alternatives to the traditional, you know, long-term care policies. And uh, hopefully, again, the financial advisor that our uh, listeners are working with will be knowledgeable and can help them sort through a variety of these newer financial products that uh, offer these protections. You know, one of the elements in the retirement planning is we don't want our clients to pay for a benefit or pay for um, a coverage that if they don't use it, that it's just premiums that no one's going to get the benefit of. And with these newer types of financial products that are available in the marketplace today, oftentimes you can wrap these long-term care types of benefits, you know, onto uh, those structures. And it's a very nice alternative to consider. And uh, eventually someone's going to get the benefit of the premiums or the deposits that are made into those uh, products. So, you know, long-term care seems like, you know, a perfect topic to uh, address with their financial advisor. Uh, and again, hopefully they're able to uh, include that in their overall retirement strategy. Yeah, it sounds like, and you know, there's a lot more to Medicare than I think a lot of folks realize. Uh, that's another myth. So it, it helps to work with uh, your financial planner on your health care costs and needs as you get older. And I, I know that's something you've helped your clients with. 
Um, so should a person enroll in Medicare as soon as they're eligible? Well, I'm sure that most of us have heard that, you know, it's that you're automatically enrolled in Medicare when you reach 65, but that's definitely not the case. You know, if you're already collecting Social Security on your 65th birthday, you'll most likely be put on parts A and B without you needing to do anything. But if that's not your case, you'll need to sign up yourself and avoid penalties down the road. But, you know, there's not really a reason to worry. The initial enrollment window is quite generous. Uh, Beginning three months before you turn 65 and three months after 65, that's the enrollment window. So they give you a six-month period there uh, to get enrolled. And you can also sign up for Medicare online, and you can even do it, you know, in conjunction with Social Security, if you wish. Well, yeah, this is some good financial myth-busting, though. And... uh What's next? Do you have another one for us? Well, let's shift away from the Social Security and Medicare and and look more at retirement on a whole and what some of those myths might be. Um, A Forbes article explains that one common myth is that before you retire, you should have certain or specific amounts of money saved up. And the reality is, you know, strategizing for retirement isn't about setting an arbitrary dollar amount and then achieving it. You know, a a strong strategy is built around the idea, you know, how much does the retiree need to have saved for retirement is based on, you know, what their needs for spending are, you know, what type of lifestyle uh, they're, they're going to have in retirement. So how much a person needs to accumulate is based on really just on what their needs are going to be. And that can be significantly different you know, from person to person, it can be significantly different from me and and my next door neighbor. Well, yeah, everybody's situation is different. And I know, Mike, that's something you're always telling us. Uh, Hey, you, that's what you do is you look at each individual's uh, unique or couple's situation, and then you determine what they need and where they're at and all those things. There isn't one set dollar amount that everybody needs to hit. Uh, that's for sure. And I think that's a good reminder uh, that our financial needs are always unique to us. Um, it doesn't apply to everyone, right? That's right, Tony. You know, along the same lines, another myth is that you know a retiree will need 70 to 80% of their pre-retirement income. We have heard that for the last oh, 20, 30 years. But this myth is built around the idea that retirees will have lower expenses and will gladly give up some of their comforts, you know, they've grown to enjoy. And while it's true that certain expenses do go away at retirement, it's very possible that your budget for travel, hobbies, and and leisure increases. So your strategy for retirement income should fully address, you know, the lifestyle that you prefer. Right. And I think that's very important. And I know there are a lot more myths and we'll cover some more in another episode, but we're out of time for today's episode. It flew by. Why don't you let our listeners know one more time before we go how they can get a hold of you, Mike? All right. Again, uh, call me direct at 812-787-0809. You can email me at mgraber at compassra.com. And we look forward to our listeners joining us again next week. And we're going to talk about some common retirement strategy mistakes and how they could avoid those. 
Yeah, that sounds great. Thanks, Mike. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Retirement Talk with our host, Mike Graber. Thank you for listening to Retirement Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, contact Mike Graber at Compass Retirement Advisors. Call 812-787-0809 or visit them online at compassretirementadvisorsllc.com. Investment advisory services provided by ChangePath LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Compass Retirement Advisors LLC, the Insurance Shop Inc., and ChangePath LLC are unaffiliated entities. Mike Graber and Compass Retirement Advisors are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.